coming up to the Georgia Guidestones. So now you can see, you know, a camera over here, another camera over there, another camera over there, another camera way off in the distance over there, another camera in light over there. Uh, I do not see any in this direction over here, but maybe they see us. So today we have a short travel vlog documentary on the Georgia Guidestones. This was filmed on my way back from the Red, Red Pill Expo road trip. I would highly recommend checking out several of the other videos we shot from Red Pill, as well as several others that tie into the greater overall plan. Uh, you know, because the things with the Georgia Guidestones, I mean, these are linked into lots of other things, but you guys can check out the link below at the libertyadvisorshow.com forward slash Guidestones, where we'll have all these other great interviews that you guys really really sort of dovetails into everything we're going to talk about today. But those interviews include Dr. Andrew Kaufman, who gets into all the fallacies of the PCR test and how the SARS-CoV-2 test coronavirus doesn't actually meet the scientific criteria to even be established as a disease underneath the science's own gold standard, which is known as Koch's postulate. So we've got more on that in uh, the Dr. Andrew Kaufman video, which I'd highly recommend you guys check out. Dr. Judy Mikovits, who is a star of the Plandemic documentary. I interviewed her two weeks before that came out. Of course, we also have Mickey Wills, who is the producer of that of the Plandemic documentary as well. We've got Ernest Hancock, who's probably interviewed Dr. Judy more than anyone else on the planet. I think he's interviewed her somewhere along the lines of like 300, 400 times. Then we've got Del Bigtree, who is the producer of Vax. We uh, did a quick interview with him as well. So you guys definitely want to check that out as well. We have the OG himself, G. Edward Griffin, who gets into his thoughts on QAnon, Trump, this whole entire pandemic. And then we've got Richard Grove, who gets into the history of the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bank of International Settlements, the Royal Institute of Affairs, uh, the Rothschilds, and, and basically helps break down this whole greater web of control. Another great interview to pair that one with would be Melody Krell, which she gets into. This is part of the Tim and John show where she gets into the Basir family and just a whole bunch of other interesting topics. And finally, I'd recommend the Tim and John show where we cover the Great Reset all of these will be linked below at the libertyadvisorshow.com forward slash guidestones. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe, hit the bell, and hit all for notifications. And please also sign up on our email list at bit.ly slash Tim John email. Also get that at timandjohnshow.com, all lowercase. And if you want to be the first to receive our shows, uh, because basically YouTube... Everything you see on YouTube is going to at least be a week or two older for the most part. A few things we'll do live, then we'll cut the live and then delete that video and then come out with it you know, a week or two later. So if you guys don't want to be a week or two behind, make sure you sign up for that email list. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this documentary coming up right now on the Georgia Guidestone. Right now, we're continuing the 2020 pandemic tour. Just left Jekyll Island, Georgia. Obviously, the home of the Federal Reserve, of where the Federal Reserve was created back in, actually it was 1910 went into plan December 23rd, 1913. Today at the Georgia Guidestones in Northern Georgia, probably about a five hour drive from Jekyll Island. And what these are is, I mean, I, I believe that these Guidestones weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 240,000 pounds. I mean, just absolutely massive, you know, a little bit off the, off the main road here, but still in the middle of nowhere. And we can see here, there are 10 commandments for the post-apocalyptic world. And so the, what they are, they're not saying that they advocate that we strive to get here, but supposedly there was Christians that were behind this, but that could even be put into doubt. It's all, uh, we'll go over there and see the history in a little bit, but let's get back to the commandments here. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature. Guide 
reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, unite humanity with a living new language, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts, let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court, avoid petty laws and useless officials, balance personal rights with social duties, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite, and be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. And so, as you can mean, what strikes me here is avoid petty laws and useless officials, so at least there's one good one here on the list. But then you see, you know, resolving external disputes in a world court. I mean, obviously it sounds like something like a United Nations or having some sort of global one world body, which, you know, pretty much every president, I mean, especially going back to George H.W. Bush has advocated for, uh, you know, having a one world order. We see somebody getting out of the car in the mask in the middle of nowhere here. So just this, you know, this Orwellian dystopic world that we're living in here. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's family. Maintaining the balance under 500 million I mean, with technology we have, you know, such as, you know, hydroponics and aquaponics, there's no reason to have to limit the population. There's so many different ways that we could be doing things today, but what they want to do is put us on their control grid, put us on their slave grid, and, you know, always have to pay some sort of rent to the to the people who are, you know, ruling the planet. And so they're not saying necessarily we go and kill off Earth and get it down to 500 million. What they're saying is that once there's some sort of post-apocalyptic world, which, you know, it's very fitting that we are here in 2020, that then we do not let the population get over 500 million. And so we, you know, I wonder how they're going to eventually, you know, control that. You know, you do see that there is, a, you know, a move towards, you know, transhumanism and you're seeing, you know, not to get gross, but, you know, the sperm count is going down and we got, you know, cell phones in our pockets. I'm guilty. Cell phone right here. But number two here, guiding reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. But, you know, what do they mean by guiding production wisely and who's going to be guiding it? Doubt it's, you know, it's probably the WHO, the World Health Organization. Unite humanity with a living new language. I, and what they've done a lot of times is try to take away what words mean. I mean, conservative doesn't really mean conservative. Liberal doesn't really mean liberal anymore in the classical sense. So, I mean, pretty much nothing these days actually means what you would actually would think it would mean. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nation with fair laws and just courts. It's just, you know, fair in the eyes of, of who you'd You'd, you'd wonder. Uh, and these are written in as, as eight different languages. And, you know, at the top, there also are ancient languages as well. But, you know, somebody put a lot of time, effort and money into doing this. And it's you know, out here in the middle of nowhere. Surely this will stand the test of time. There also is a spot for a time capsule. But that capsule has yet to be even filled because they're saying that we haven't hit this uh, post-apocalyptic event yet. And so it is fitting that, you know, we are here in 2020 when uh, you know, who knows what they're, what's going to be in store, but, you know, considering uh, with the plan, with the 2020 pandemic tour, I thought that would be important that while we're in Georgia to, you know, hit the Georgia Guidance Stones. I mean, all told, I think we're about 2,500 miles into our trip so far and just thought that we had to uh, go check out the, uh, the Georgia Guidance Stones while we're here. As you can see at the very top, we actually have 
hieroglyphs. And this is written in, I believe, eight different languages. Including four ancient languages. And I believe that this hole in the center here is for see the uh, North Star at all points throughout the year. Yeah, as you can see, I mean, you just pull off a, a road and, you know, a few hundred yards later, you're at the Guidestone, so. So we're here with the inscription for the Georgia Guidestones. It says, the story of the Georgia Guidestones began in June 1979 when a stranger identified as Mr. Christian, later R.C. Christian, visited Joe H. Fenley Sr., president of Elberton Granite Finishing Company, Inc., and indicated that he represented a group of loyal Americans living outside the state of Georgia who wanted to build a monument focused on the theme of conservation. Mr. Christian, and it's, it's weird because it always puts that in, uh, in quotes because they, it's, it obviously was a, an alias, a, a fake name, wanted to build a monument focused on the theme of conservation. Mr. Christian, who had assumed the pseudonym because he was a Christian named Wyatt C. Martin, president of the Granite City Bank, as intermediary to hold funds in escrow for the project, explained that the Guidestone Group, which wished to remain anonymous forever, had selected Georgia because of its excellent granite, mild climate, and the heritage of his great-grandmother as a native Georgian. Christian agreed to Martin's request to locate the monument in Elbert County if there were a suitable remote site for it, which they found on a hillside that is the highest point in Elbert County, on the farm of Mildred and Wayne Mullinex, north of Elberton on Highway 77. Fenley's company carved the six-part monument from pyramid blue granite. The Georgia Guidestones consist of four granite megaliths set in the paddlewheel arrangement around a central stone, which is surmounted by a flat capstone. Measuring 19 and a quarter feet in height at its highest peak, the stone measures 17 and one-third feet in width, and its diameter is 65 feet. The overall weight of the 951 cubic feet of granite used is 237,746 pounds. A ground marker west of the guidestone provides additional data and covers a buried time capsule. Each of the four sides of the capstone features a statement of cautionary guidance to humankind translated into Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphs. To let these be guidestones to reason, Below, the guidelines are carved into the eight faces of the four outer stones in English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. In English, the guidestones specify the following, and it's the uh, commandments we'd already mentioned. In addition to these conservation messages, the monument displays a number of astrological features. The Georgia Guidestone Monument, which is owned by, the, which is owned by Elbert County, was dedicated March 22, 1980, and since has remained a source of mystery and intrigue to its numerous visitors and those who learn from it of a who learn of it from afar. Well, we have certainly learned from it of afar. I remember, probably first hearing about this probably over a decade ago. And while on our way to uh, South Carolina, figured you know we've got to stop at this at this place, especially given the pandemic that's going on. Some cameras. And actually, there's a big slab over here on the ground. So let's see. You know, and there are actually, no, look, there's some inscriptions here on the ground. So let's uh, take a look at these. 
Now it is very sunny, so it is very hard to see if I have this in, uh, in focus or not over here. The Georgia Guidestones Center Cluster erected March 22nd, 1980, and then it has the, it lists out uh, what languages are which on here. Astronomical features, channel number one, channel through stone indicates celestial pole. Two, horizontal slot indicates annual travel of sun. Three, sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. Uh, again, R.C. Christian, a pseudonym, sponsors a small group of Americans who seek the act in the age of reason. A time capsule buried six feet below this spot on to be opened on. And so basically, so as you as you notice here, there actually is not a date that it was placed on, which meaning, uh, you know, the event has not happened yet. And then to be opened on, obviously, hasn't been opened yet because the event hasn't occurred. Physical data, this is all things that we had read, uh, you know, previously, so I'm not going to repeat that again. And then the languages and the order of the languages, you guys can see over here. But yeah, just a massive piece of granite. And so I, I, I guess the real kind of question is, when they do bury a capsule here, I mean, what sort of society, you know, secret society is going to be the one who build the capsule? Because if you think about it, I mean, what, I mean, how would you really know when or who would, you know, especially if it's a bunch of old guys who might be dead by now because this was, you know, 40 years ago, you know, assuming there were 60 when they were, you know, probably, you know, uh, you know, sponsored to create this and, you know, obviously now they might be dead. So who would be getting passed down the instructions and then would their, you know, offspring or, or is it society that's doing this? We don't really we don't really know, and then who would be making those decisions to, you know, dictate, and then what would actually be placed in there. And if you're going to try to put something immutable in there, whether it's, you know, some sort of history, or maybe it's rewritten history, or maybe it's more warnings, you know, uh, one of the best ways to do that would be through the blockchain, where it would be history that would be immutable, and, and it can, can't be changed. See, actually do see a big cell, cell tower uh, over there in the distance, you know, being one of the, you know, higher spots in the area so yeah they, they definitely have this area pretty well monitored uh so that yeah they definitely know that we are here and uh and then the other question is you know who is the one that's actually doing the monitoring uh you know where's the feed going is it you know closed circuit uh you know you do see wires that are going down into it is it motion activated uh you know it does appear like it maybe would be motion activated and you know where are they getting the power source from who's paying those bills and it seems like if they really wanted to find out, they probably should be able to be able to find out, you know, who is uh, behind all this stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, documenting history. Thank you for watching our recent video. Behind me is the Jekyll Island Club, which is where the Federal Reserve was formed. And so in addition to making content and in addition to making, you know, different YouTube videos and library videos, I'm also a financial advisor with a great track record. Uh, 2019, we had almost got almost all the gains of the S&P 500. And then when everything hit the fan in March of 2020, we had almost none of the losses. What I'd really recommend if you have not seen it uh, is check out my speech where it was given uh, February 11th down in Acapulco, Mexico, uploaded to YouTube February 19th. And at the end of that video, I did a little GoPro commercial, sort of like I'm doing now that was ad-libbed, where I told people what the investment strategy was. I told people that what we had did is we were uh, long the S&P 500 while also buying put options on the S&P 500. And what that meant was that was how we were able to get this because I knew the market was going to either keep going up because of Federal Reserve money printing or it was going to collapse because reality would actually set in. So, you know, how many advisors actually protected your clients against that? I mean, I would say hardly any of them. So unless you were in a position where, you know, you made almost all the gains last year and didn't make the 
didn't, you know, really participate in that many of the losses this year, then then you don't have a reason to call me. But you know, if that's not the case, then I would go check out the website, thelibertyadvisor.com, where you can book a time to talk with myself and get a free consultation to see if we can help put you on a better path. Again, that's thelibertyadvisor.com, and thank you very much, and hope to talk with you and your family soon. Take care.